This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Tuesday, it's the 19th of September 2023. Coming up today, more of your feedback. It's redemption time for Sean Priest and the Olympus dictaphone that talks. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, Sean, you're in so much trouble today. So well, much trouble. Thanks for easing me into the show, Stephen Scott. Yeah, I got slightly apprehensive when you see an email folder called uh, Sean's Redemption. So, uh, uh, what have I said now? You've been upsetting people all over the place. How? Me? You opened your mouth. I'm adorable. Stop doing that. Okay, well, Stop I'm ready talking. for it. We'll see what happens. Here we go. Yeah, so uh, what else have we got going on? Uh, big week this week, of course. Amazon event happening tomorrow. That's going to be happening. No detail yet at all. We've been digging into all the people we know. Not literally, obviously, but we've been asking people nicely (laughs) that we know who work at these uh, the Amazon business, and uh, they know nothing. Nobody knows anything. I know nothing. Uh, At least that's what they're telling us. Well, see, that's either a really good sign or a bad sign. We just don't know at the minute. We don't know yet, but uh, we we know that... (laughs) Could well, be a huge unveil of an amazing AI supercomputer style smart speaker, or it could be absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Absolutely nothing. What's talking? Why am I hearing talking? Is that you or me? I think that's you. Okay, I'll just go and redeem myself. Please carry on. That's quite interesting, actually. So I think Lady A, or Mr. A, in your case, has been talking in the background, which is kind of ironic that we just talked about Amazon devices and then suddenly. They start talking to us. Anyway, uh, aside from Amazon, and we don't have a clue what's going on there, um, not yet anyway, but we'll have all the very latest when we do. Uh, We've also got Microsoft has an event this week, and apparently no Surface Pro. That's weird. I would have thought the Surface Pro was getting renewed this year. Well, it depends which website, which news article, which uh, news service you read. Nobody knows. I've heard the Surface Pro 10 is being released. Of course, the main rumor is the Surface Go 4, mm-hmm. um, a possible Surface Go laptop, the um, uh, another, oh, what was the other thing? Oh, the Surface Studio 2. Yes, so, that's right. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm quite interested in the Go 4. I like, I, I want to say, I was going to say, small portable tablets like the iPad mini, but it's a 10-inch screen on that thing, so it's not quite a tiny portable device. You, you want but, the tablet, do you? You don't want the laptop? I think you I'm, prefer I, the laptop, to be honest. I'm still intrigued. I love the tablet form factor. I love that design, right? But of course, you always need a keyboard with it, mm-hmm. no matter what. So you're going to buy the, the keyboard case. But a tablet running full-blown Windows? That, that really intrigues me. You say that like it's some big deal. But, you know, what, what are you going to do with it? You're going to, you're going to attach a keyboard to it, right? So you may as well just have a laptop. It's not like you can use it with the touchscreen. Come on, Sean. Uh, get with it. All right. Okay. Yeah, but if you wanted a... <laughs> look. Wow. I'm in for a rough show. It's going to be a tough one today, I think. <laughs> look, I've started... You look at- you look at the Ultrabooks, right? The, the, to get that design, the, the Surface Go is a gorgeous design. 
Okay. It is. Yes, it is. And if you wanted a, a, a laptop in that sort of thin gorgeousness, like a Dell XPS or whatever else, you are paying near close to 2000 or something like that you're paying premium prices the surface go well the three started at what 399 us dollars oh, yeah but who's buying that come on and yeah but again amazing design terrible terrible exactly. performance useless yeah what now if the rumors are true <laughs> they're moving over to the intel <laughs> intel processor so if they can get that performance to a decent level especially we're talking about screen reader performance right if they can get that surface go design with the performance i'm all in i yeah. think that's and how much is it going to cost it's going to start at 700 900 you're going to go up to about 2000 again so yeah i mean okay look if money is no issue to you and in your case, right. it definitely is because you never shut up about it. Then Correct. you know it's it's going to be a case of, yeah, I'm not buying that because it's too expensive. So yeah, by the end of that. Okay, well, let's move on to the lovely emails. So <laughs> email, we get email, we get your email every day. And sometimes it's nice. Here's your mail today. <laughs> so I want to do it. <laughs> Uh, well, look, uh, before we get into your redemption emails, uh, let's kick off with Greg in Pennsylvania. Uh, it's always good to start with Greg, because as you know, Negative Julian had been in touch last week, commenting on our conversation and Greg's comments about specialist tech, using a touch screen, all that oh, yeah. kind of thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Greg is responding to our comments and also to negative Julian's comments. Hello. I would like to clarify a point I made in an earlier email which Stephen and later Julian misunderstood. Stephen and Sean were recommending that a person with no tech aptitude start with a smartphone. This has nothing to do with age. I myself am too old to buy green bananas but get along fine with tech. There are people in the world, both blind and sighted, who do not have the aptitude to use a smartphone. And when these people are steered to smartphones, they are going to fail. It's not about blindness, it's about aptitude, which varies widely among people. Smartphones are a godsend for many blind people, including me. Some people are great at orientation and mobility, and some folks aren't. Some people, a lot of blind people, are great at using an iPhone with voiceover, but there is a significant number of blind folks who can't and never will be able to come to grips with gestures on a sheet of glass. For these people, specialised phones exist. They are not for everybody. If you can use a smartphone or a computer, by all means do. But if that is not in your wheelhouse, don't feel bad. Don't let others put you down. Don't listen to the double tappers who say there is no reason for blind people not to be able to do this. The truth is, some blind people can't do this. The key sentence Stephen glossed over in my email was a blind person struggling with technology or anything else should seek evaluation from a qualified trainer for the visually impaired who, if they do their job properly, will match aptitudes to the devices and training appropriate to you. I am so sick of the super blind here in the USA who look down on other blind people with different skill sets. There is no one size fits all for any age. There are very good solutions for those who just can't get their heads around a smartphone. That does not make you less of a person or stupid. It just makes you you. My wife is fully sighted and can't handle technology at all, but she's a brilliant psychotherapist and a great communicator. Me, I'm blind and get along better with computers than many people. That's me. My emotional <laughs> intelligence needs work. That's the way people are. We differ. Greg in Pennsylvania. Yes, yeah, Stephen. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you know, I take your point on this, Greg, but I, I, I don't know if I 100% agree with that. 
because I think you, you talk about aptitude. I think that often what happens is, and, and it's interesting you brought up the whole subject of rehabilitation officers and people who can come out and give you support. Now, first off, if you can get that support, that's fantastic. A lot of the time, there is an attempt made by people who I don't think fully understand this tech themselves, who are in a situation where they're trying to help someone get access to this, and they don't really know the tech themselves that well. They, it looks as if the person who is you know, being taught or, or being shown this technology isn't really getting it. And there's an assumption made at that moment that they just can't do it. And I think that's a, I think that's the reality. I think that's what really goes on out there. I think it's, you know, I'd love to say that everybody who goes out is a genius when it comes to smartphone technology, and therefore, you know, it's not, it's nothing to do with their inability to train. It's to do with the person's aptitude in learning it. I don't think that's true. I actually have more faith in people than that, and I have more faith in the capability of us as people than that. You know, it's interesting you say that there's plenty of sighted people who've got no idea. I know all those people too. I know t- so many people who don't know tech. And to be perfectly honest, it's not that they don't know it. It's not that they're not capable of knowing it. It's that they can't be bothered to learn it. <gasps> That's so true for so many people. There's a lot of people who just can't be bothered with it. They just haven't got the interest. They haven't got the engagement with it. If they find a reason to need it, they'll learn it. You know, my mum's like this. My mum is a perfect example of this. She's not into tech in any way. She just doesn't care about it. But, you know, she has to do certain things. She can only get her prescriptions through the pharmacy via an app. She can only contact me through an app, FaceTime, or, you know, check Facebook because she wants to see what I'm up to all the time. And, you know, that's... And, and she has to know how to do it. So that drives her interest. Now, if I was to assume her capability, I would say she was absolutely hopeless at this because when I first gave her an Amazon Kindle, remember the old Amazon Kindle fires? Mm-hmm. I gave her one of those and she never used it. And she said, I just couldn't get to grips with it. But if I had just stopped there and said, oh, well, you can't use that, so therefore your aptitude isn't good enough, well, that would be it. But then she gets an iPhone. She figures out how to use it because she learns how to do it. My dad helps her. I help her. We spend some time. We go through it, and she actually does figure it out. Then suddenly she's using this stuff. So, you know, I think we're about, and I'm not saying you're doing this, Greg, but I think there's a lot of people who just write people off very quickly. And you extend that to blind people. You've got people going out there who half the time don't even know. They might be mobility instructors. They might be orientation and mobility. They're not experts in tech. They're going out there with an agenda of, let me try and help this person engage with this tech, but they're coming at it maybe not with the professional skills to actually teach someone, and therefore they're faced with someone who doesn't really engage, doesn't seem to be that interested. And to all intents and purposes, as far as that O&M instructor is concerned, isn't getting it. And I think that's a problem. Wow. Okay, well, I'm going to pick a few things we agree on. Uh, No one should look down on anyone for their choice of device they're using. If someone wants to use you know, a, a blind shell classic rather than an Android or a, an iPhone, then absolutely, whatever works for you. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've got to say, and this could be an interesting conversation going forward, actually, when it comes to rehabilitation officers, uh, and I suppose this is just experience-based, but I find that it, it, it's, it's not done from a great field of knowledge sometimes. No. Now, saying that, I've spoken to some blind rehabilitation officers, uh-huh. and I find them much more knowledgeable than, 
I've had some terrible experiences when I've been going through various stages of sight loss and just being pushed. Oh, you need to use this now. You to use this now. And it's not until you start doing your own research, if you like, that you realize, hang on, this, this is actually a better choice for me. Now, it's not to say all... Re- re- I'm sort of actually covering the point that you just said, so I won't go too far into it. But that is... I think a conversation maybe we could have uh, people's experiences of rehabilitation officers. Um, and should you be blind? You need to be blind to be one. Wow. Well, well, it's interesting, but also, you know, again, your mileage will vary depending on where you live, right? So you might have a situation where, where you live, you may have excellent support. But I have to say, where I sit in the UK, I don't. I don't think there's brilliant support out there. I don't think it's excellent at all. I think I worry about the standards that are being set for this. I think that the the whole O and M structure is kind of built upon. I don't know. It just it doesn't seem to have the the standing that other O and M you know groups you know for other fields do. It, it doesn't have the standing. You know. I don't. I don't know what it's about. I I've had a it. better experience when talking to sight loss organisations and talking to people there mm. than talking to someone maybe at your local government services or department. That's my experience. But um, yeah, that, look. The, I mean, I again, look at the, look at well, look at the braille thing, right? So you called up. I did the same. I called up yes. my social work department and said, "Is there any uh, room for you know some braille classes?" And the response you and I got was the same, which was, there's no call for it. Yeah, we don't provide it. There's simply no call for it. No Uh, one wants to learn Braille anywhere? (laughs) Wow, that's interesting to me. So, But Braille is dead. And this is where this attitude comes from, right? That Braille is dead. Because if you were to take that viewpoint, you would assume it is. Because, well, no one's one's going to call for it, no service for it. So, oh, well, that's that then. And I I just, I I think, you know, it's interesting because what you're saying, Greg, is, is... you know, there's, there are some people out there who just can't get to grips with it. Now, that is always going to be true, right? There's always going to be people who, no matter how hard you try, just, you know what, they just, they can't be bothered. And it's not that they can't, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that, you know, you get to an age, you get to a point in your life, you've done a lot, you've learned a lot, another thing comes along. I mean, I know that feeling only too well. You know, I feel that every time I, learn, I get a new app or I have to, you know, well, outlook exactly updates to a new thing, right? Yeah. I mean, but, but yeah, but but I think that the point that, that Greg's making is, well, we stop there. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. Because the problem is what you're doing is you're still teaching someone how to use something. So they still need access to a smartphone, for example. But maybe it comes in the form of a capsule or a blind shell or whatever else. And yeah, that's okay for an ex- for a, to a point, but it's not giving you all the support you need. Because you're not going to get access to everything you need. So can you really live without having one of those devices in 2023? And should we be pushing that as a narrative or should we be saying to people, okay, look, it's it's going to be difficult, but, you know, we should get support in place. There should be support locally. Or, you know, maybe there's an organization, maybe like Hadley in the States or, you know, here in the UK, there's various organizations that provide technology support for blind yes. and, and partially so people, that that would be great, right? Um, I don't know. I, I just I just feel you know I am certainly not someone who looks down my nose at anybody who uses anything. That's not what this is about for me. So that's not. Then if you think that is my argument, you're missing my point because I've never said that. In fact, I'm I, I talk so much about all these other products because I want people to know about the alternatives. If I was only interested in telling people iPhones exist, that's all I would do. 
I would never even mention Android because I'd say, I forget it. Who cares? I'd say, blind shell, you're having a laugh. You know, capsis, forget it. I would, I would say all that because that would be what I felt. I don't feel that way. I feel quite the opposite. I think people should have as much access to as much information about these products as possible. But this is a separate discussion. This discussion is about what's right for us. What should we be aiming for? And I don't think there's a reason, unless there's a physical reason, I don't think there's a reason why someone who's blind cannot get to grips with a smartphone. I just don't, with a touch. I agree. I, I don't, I can't think of a good reason as to why that's not possible. Again, there will be physical reasons. Fine motor skills. Age can be playing a part in that. I know that, not from an age point of view, but from my own physical perspective. I know the challenges I'm facing. But that's a different thing. If I didn't have that, I could not come up with a reason why I couldn't use a smartphone. Yeah. Uh, look, it's aptitude or even attitude towards technology. My, my, my main point or takeaway is that simply saying if you've got a sight problem, that rules out touchscreens. Um, that isn't true. When we're talking about the, 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 the basics of a disability, um, you know, I, I, as again, going back to bad um, advice, let's say, mm. I, I just feel that, hey, blindness isn't an obstacle to using a touchscreen. Now, what Greg says about attitude and aptitude, absolutely. But that has nothing actually to do with the disability. That's just human nature anyway. Or and that's always going to be the case. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm still using my Victor Reader stream, right? And if I was to take the attitude of, you know, someone who said, well, you know, the iPhone's the answer to everything, I would never touch that device because what would I want to use that for when I can do mostly all of it on my iPhone? But there are good reasons why I want to use it. And I, that's why we talk about these things. There is no one answer here. And I think that's a really important point. There is no one answer. There's no one size fits all. It will be the case that some people will prefer a blind shell classic, be perfectly happy with it, love it for the rest of their lives, and that's it. And that's absolutely fine. And no one should be looked down. If you're, if you're the kind of person who looks down on someone for that, then shame on you. Because that's not fair. That's not right. I agree. And there's some people that just won't want to use a phone of any device anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, a lot of people probably would rather never use a phone, <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> honest. They just want their old landline back, you know? They just want to have the old physical handset, you know? Um, but, you know, there are, but I, I, the, the central question is, should someone who is blind be able to use a touchscreen phone who doesn't have any physical disability. I cannot come up with a, a reason as to why that would be the case. Whether they want to or not, that's entirely separate. Yes. The question is, can they? And I think that's the message we need to be careful around because that message gets out to the public and suggests that the only solution is something specialist. And the same people who tell me, don't talk about specialist verses or whatever, these are the same people who rail against companies who just come up with ideas out of nowhere, it would appear, and start selling stuff that we never asked for, products mm -hmm. we never wanted, specialist tech that just appears out of nowhere, costs an absolute fortune, and suddenly we're all paying for something. We think, well, well this doesn't even work very well. You know, and, and I, I am getting a little bit tired of becoming beta testing, a beta tester for a company you know, or any company that just decides to come up with something on a whim and then somehow I've got to pay $1,200 for it to try it out. And, you know, there's no recourse for that. And if the product dies, well, it dies, but I've lost $1,200. This is happening today. And I'm not, I'm not liking that. 
you know, so this is why I look down the specialist route because whatever, or the, sorry, the mainstream route for me, because I think when I buy a product, I want to know it's going to be relevant. You know, I know that There's I'll no upgrade it. for anything staying around forever. No, of anyway, course not. Right? But, you know, I think we know that Apple, Google, Amazon, Samsung, you know, these companies are going to be around for a while, okay? They're not going anywhere, we yeah. think. I mean, who knows, right? In a year, I might be eating my hat. Who knows? Because, you know, the last couple of years, who knows what's going on? But I, I just think, you know, you've got to be careful around some of this tech. But my point is, it's not, it's not so much in the blind community, I don't think we have to worry so much about this. It's the wider-sighted public who hear us say, well, you know, blind people can't use iPhones or blind people can't do this. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. It kind of feeds into the whole stereotype that we're all useless. You know, I still have people who are amazed that I can use a smartphone. I mean, I explained to them, there's this thing called voiceover. They're like, oh, do you bolt that on at the bottom? I'm like, no. I I get that (laughs) like two weeks ago. Someone said that to me. I used to get that all the time when the iPhone 4S, when I first got that. Used to, you couldn't walk down the road without being stopped saying, how are you using that? Yeah. Now, that's got less and less, but you're right. It does still happen. Okay, let's go on to a different topic. Well, I see a different Wait. topic. It's a similar topic. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, thank you for that, Greg. And always, always Greg comes up with something to get us talking. Um, Vicky got in touch to pinpoint specifically your comments about this, oh, Sean, uh, on this particular issue. Hi, Stephen and Sean. This is in response to Sean's views on visually impaired using touchscreens. I use a phone with a physical keypad because I like them and it makes my life easier. I have tried a touchscreen and hated it. I am rubbish with a QWERTY keyboard, so that's a big problem for me and using a touchscreen. Bottom line is, I love a physical keypad and it's a personal choice. So, Sean, stop making us keypad users feel bad for not loving touchscreens. Just remember, it's a choice. Vicky, the non-Apple using touchscreen hater from Scotland. (laughs) 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 Okay, wow. now what, what comment did I make? Uh, because, um, I mean, that's a very valid point. You're absolutely right. You know, if you don't like the QWERTY keyboard, again, as we just said, um, it's absolutely your choice. But um, I don't, did I actually say that, y- y- that there's something wrong with using the, the physical keys? I mean, it's I an can't, option, I can't say, I can't think of a moment when you've said that. I can't think of hey, a moment when you said that. Who knows? We bounced around so much. Maybe I did or maybe well, I came across. So, Vicky, I will say you've got an absolutely valid point. I don't disagree with anything you've said there. It's absolutely anyone's choice what they use. Again, my main takeaway from any part of this, whoever's emailed about this argument in the past, is that I personally believe that the disability in itself, again, taking away the aptitude or your attitude towards technology, the disability of sight loss does not um, get in the way of using a touchscreen. So, uh, yeah, again, but it's up to you which one you choose to use. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. And, and uh, you know, Vicky, use whatever suits you and, and, and don't let anyone make you feel bad about it. We should not be making you feel bad about it. And that has never been our intention to do that. And I say er because I'm sure I've said similar to Sean many, many times. So I will, you're kind of picking I will. on Sean this week. But actually, I said a lot of this as well. No, well, if there is more, which i got a feeling there is saying yes. the same thing, then I must have said something uh, misjudged. And I will say, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make will you feel Will you sit like in that. a dark room tonight? I mean, other than the fact you normally would. Will you sit in a dark room tonight and <laughs> uh, think about shit. what you've done? I will think about what I've done. Good. No, but I, I don't... Um, yeah, anyway, let's move on. Let's get yeah. some more in. Here's Shazad. I disagree with what Sean was saying, because I feel that 
both Android phone and Apple phone, even though they might have good uh, have good accessibility, still more and more people who find it not easy. That's why more people will still want to use tactile buttons, regardless of how intuitive both Android and Apple are. But I feel that uh, having uh, tactile buttons is another way of having opportunity and options for any blind person to use, because not many people can afford the latest Android or Apple the smartphone products. It's an interesting oh, point, I'm- and I know you. I know they're picking on you on this one, but I think. The, I'll say this, you know, I hear this argument more and more and more recently, especially about cost. Especially These, from me. Well, yeah, but, but also I, I think I hear a lot of this from people who say, well, I can't afford the latest iPhone. You don't have to buy the latest iPhone. I've said this about a thousand times. You don't have to buy the latest thing. In fact, these days especially, goodness me, you can buy a second-hand iPhone SE 2022 for probably less than 200 bucks and get yourself a really good phone. You don't need to go any mm-hmm. further than that. Same with Android. In fact, Android, you've got a whole range Android's of options. even more accessible financially. Absolutely. Um, you could even buy a higher range phone for a lesser cost, two, $300. And don't, you don't have to buy new either. That Amazon Renewed thing, for example, is great. If you have no money at all, don't forget CNIB have the Phone It Forward campaign. You get in touch with oh, CNIB and they can help you. You can get a phone for free. Yes. And wherever, whatever country you're in, try your site uh, loss organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, there may be something similar. Um, Shazad, uh, again, I'm going to end up repeating myself, so I'm not going to go too far into this. Um, it's absolutely your choice what you use. Um, I, again, I just feel <laughs> that there's no obstacle to using the touchscreen. If you prefer using a physical buttons, tactile buttons, Absolutely, go for it. But isn't there a learning curve to learning the operating system on, or sorry, let's say the navigational system on a physical keypad as well? Of course, you've got the up, down, left, right arrows, and usually an OK button. And that is simpler to use, I suppose, most people will say, than swiping left, right, or double tapping. Okay, now this comment may, we may be able to pinpoint this because uh, we think that the comment you were making was towards a comment Shazad had made about this. Darren got in touch to explain further. Hello, this is Darren from Bexley in Kent. I know I haven't been on for a while. Um, The only thing I want to comment on is this debate about touchscreen versus uh, push-button devices. Shazad and I go back an incredibly long way. I think, Sean, you might have been a slightly harsh I know you didn't mean to be. I know there was no malice meant. But I think people need to understand that if you can manage a touchscreen device, great. I think that is the ideal situation. Yes, there have been strides made in accessibility of both Android and iOS devices. But you guys need to understand that there are people who have spatial awareness issues and need things to be as uniform as possible. And in some cases, they need tactile uh, things uh, to feel rather than a, a bit of glass. 
However, there's also the fact that touchscreens can be incredibly sensitive and it's easy to knock something uh, inadvertently. But having said that, the bigger problem, I think, is there isn't enough training out there. There will be people that need physical training, literally somebody sitting with them and showing them how to do it. Yes. Because as things change, depending on what app you're using, people will find that confusing. And there are people who have spatial awareness issues who will find that very challenging. But the bigger issue is training, which there isn't enough of. And even if you can get it, it's quite expensive. Remote training may not always be a viable option. It might not be uh, suitable. Yes, there are devices now, like this is the Sense Player and uh, the Orbit Speak coming out and other devices and Kipbrail keyboards that can control the touchscreen device. And yes, in an ideal world, the touchscreen devices are better in the sense that the apps become available at the same time rather than having to wait for an app to be uh, made available for a, a keypad device. All I'm saying is that um, you always need to be aware that there will be people that cannot cope with touchscreens because the training isn't available. That's one of the big factors or not enough of it is available. So I felt maybe you were a tiny bit harsh on uh, Shazad, Sean, but I know there wasn't any malice involved. Until next time, this is Darren saying bye for now. Thank you. Bye. I brought Darren back. Um, now you've said that, <laughs> it has sparked a memory using the word harsh, because I think I answered one of Shazad's voicemails or emails and said, oh, that was a bit harsh at the time. So, um, yeah. Um, firstly, again, spatial awareness. Where would you stand on that, Stephen? I don't know. Because I often, everyone says the sheet of glass, and I say that as well. They say, how did they make a sheet of glass accessible? But you know what? I use plenty of physical landmarks on my smartphone. I use a key uh, camera bump on the back to know which way it's orientated. I use the volume up and down to know which way around it's orientated as well. And often when I'm using the slide up from the bottom or slide down from the top, obviously I'm using the edge of the phone or a corner of the phone to get my anchor point from where I'm doing my gestures. But again, yeah, firstly, let me say, Shazad, I apologize to you as well if I, uh, if I was too harsh. Again, I think, Darren, you were absolutely right. No, no um, malice intended. Um, but the spatial awareness thing is quite interesting, though. Is that part of blindness and how, how prevalent is that? Um, when it comes to a smart device, obviously, when we're talking about mobility and things, yes. But when it comes down to something like that, is the fact that the, um, the physical keys make a huge difference to it? Yeah. I must admit, though, I think a lot of this is down, as Darren's just said, to training. And I think that's the bit, and Greg says this as well. In fact, I think this is the one thing we're all in agreement on, is a significant Absolutely. lack of training. You, you can't, I think this is the bottom line here. You can't just hand a phone like that to someone who's blind and say, figure it out. That's just not good enough. And that is part of the problem, I think, here. That might be the ultimate answer to this problem is there just needs to be more, you know, this isn't what a situation where, you know, like you think back to the days when you got the old VCRs and you would get like a 900 page instruction manual with it, you know, half of it in another language, but you know, okay, most of it in English and you could, you know, sort of figure out, you know, how to set the video and do this and do that. 
and that was all that was all there. Whereas now, what do you get with your iPhone? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. There's no instructions. And even if there are instructions, they're going to be useless to blind people because we need a different approach. You know, instead of single tapping something, we're double tapping it. We're, we're selecting, we're exploring by touch, we're double tapping, we're doing all these things. And I think that's where the problem lies in that you've got people, well-meaning people, and I mean this sincerely, there are well-meaning people who are trying to show people how it works, but, you know, they're getting frustrated. The customers, the client, they're getting frustrated. And and it just ends up all going out the window. And that initial, you know, people talk about their, and I know this, I, I, I was totally with you on this as well, not just with phones so much, although in the early days, yes, but, you know, more so with computers when I lost more vision than I was using JAWS, I became terrified of a computer I used to use all the time. Didn't even think about using a computer. Didn't ever, you know, I knew this, the operating system inside out. And then suddenly I have to use it with a screen reader and, you know, no screen. It feels completely different. Yeah. Totally alien. And, you know, that's going to be the case for people who have used smartphones and who are losing their sight and then trying to still think they can use that smartphone, but just can't do it because they're trying to visualize something in their head. But you can't really, it's not, it's different with a screen reader. It's just different. And you do need that training. And I think that's ultimately it. The spatial awareness thing, I get your point, Darren. But again, I think with training, like you've just said, Sean, you find your anchor points. You find your way to do this. And I think that's the point, right? It's really important that we get to a stage where we we get more training out there for people and we give people the opportunity to have a proper chance at this. Because I think the piecemeal approach we're doing right now for, for blind people is just not good enough. and that ultimately might be the end of that argument, to be perfectly honest. Still, still amazes me how we don't have a thorough guide to using a screen reader on whatever device. I think the Chromebook came the closest with Chromevox, which had a tutorial. Android has a tutorial as well. Um, iPhone, what do you get on the iPhone? You know, uh, Mac has a little bit of a tutorial, doesn't it? It does. Not brilliantly, though. Not brilliant. No, I, I mean, it's, it's always down to... So, I mean, a great app for people to go and try right now is VO Starter. So if you've got an iPhone or you've got an old one lying around, you want to help someone maybe get to grips with it. Maybe you've tried, maybe you've even thought about trying voiceover yourself. Maybe you're in that position right now where you're kind of on the in-between. You know, you want to learn voiceover, but you don't even know where to begin. VO Starter, VO short for voiceover, VO Starter, created by Michael Doyes. He's a fantastic guy. And he's yep. created this app. He actually did have the app out before it's come back. And he is definitely someone, or that app, I should say, is definitely something you want to get on your phone because it's, it's quite intuitive. It's, it's very simple, but it's very powerful. But why is it down um, to third party? This should be the a problem. First... I know. So why is this in the company's thing? I actually said this to Apple. Why is this not your thing? Why can't you create this? I know that Apple want to create the platform and then we all create the apps and it's all very lovely. But guys, you built it. You know, you know how it works. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't buy a car and then just hope someone figures out how to put the petrol in it. <laughs> it's like, could you tell me? No, no, no. You have to figure it out all by yourself. On you go. This wouldn't make sense, right? You'd be like, there, you're, you're there because I built the car. I know where it goes, right? So I'll show you. Yeah. Anyway, look, we really need to go to break. Uh, so let's take a break. <laughs> we'll come back in a moment. Uh, there's more, Sean. There's Hooray. more. Call the Double Tappers now. one 803 4567 Or email us. Feedback at DoubleTapOnAir.com. 
Okay, now you might have thought that you got away with it, Sean. Like, oh yeah, okay, we'll just take another, you know, have a break and relax. <sighs> That's it, is it? Nice, well happy done. emails, happy emails. Well, here's Des. Hello, Sean. Could I oh. please suggest something about your show, Sean of the Shed? When you are giving the how-to and some shortcuts, please advise that these things may not work in your case or country. Here is an instance. The last one is the two-finger quad-triple tap for voiceover to help as a quick way to be able to change some settings. In Australia, I have not changed my phone at all, and this command is for App Switcher. Here are two instances. One-finger quad-triple tap takes you to Home. Two-finger quad-triple tap takes you to App Switcher. Just feel you should tell people that the ones you are demonstrating may not work in your country. Thanks, Des. Oh, no, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, absolutely. Des, I will take that on board because I didn't even think of that at all. That's very interesting. So it takes you to the app switcher. Mm, there you go. Why would that be, though? Why would that be country-specific? It seems a bit odd to me, but yeah, that, that wouldn't that doesn't surprise me because, of course, different regions, different things. Well, the other thing that just comes to mind immediately is the gestures sort of get all confusing once you t- uh, start using Zoom, right? Well, that's you got to be careful with that because I had this issue when uh, I, I used to have voiceover and Zoom enabled. And uh, yeah, that used to be a right royal mess. You've got to remember to add the extra tap or whatever it yeah. may be. But Des, no, that's absolutely fine. I will try and incorporate that. Thank you for the advice. That's cool. I like now, that You can one. relax a bit now because the rest are actually quite nice. This one is all about <laughs> measuring out milk, something you've been clearly having oh, issues good. with and people want to share their thoughts on. This is in response to Sean discussing his liquid measuring problem. I always put milk in my coffee and maybe you can apply some of this to your tea. I put the same amount of milk into my coffee, so the first step is to get out the measuring cup. While standing at the kitchen sink, I pour milk into one cup measuring cup. This way, if a little spills over the measuring cup, it just goes in the sink. No mess to clean up, no crying. I take the measuring cup and pour it into a larger four cup, Pyrex cup, that will go in the microwave. For my coffee making, I add flavouring syrup into the Pyrex cup so it gets heated along with the milk. Next, I pour the heated milk and syrup into my 30-ounce coffee tumbler. It's only then that I add coffee to my tumbler. This is when you would add your tea. I don't care about the exact amount of coffee I'm pouring into the tumbler. I just add it until I feel the heat getting close to my finger. That is just inside the top of the tumbler. It works for me and everyone loves the coffee I make. Steve in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, Kansas City, Missouri. That sounds so exotic. Doesn't it? Wow, it does. That sounds so cool. Um. Do you know what? Uh, absolutely valid. Perfect. Well done. Thanks for the tip. When I'm stood there and I've just got a bed, I've got one slipper on and half a t-shirt uh, on the wrong way round. I'm just <laughs> sloshing water and milk into a cup in the general direction. Um, but absolutely, I get that. It's the coffee thing, though. There seems to be some sort of ritual with people and their coffee. I'm not really a coffee drinker. Um, but yes, uh, again, it just seems it just seems a lot of work. Well, see, I'm I'm lucky with the coffee because I have black coffee, and you know I have the pod Ugh. coffee, as you know, right? And I'm I like just a New York detective. That's aren't you? right, exactly. No donuts <laughs> though, because I health kick now. Uh, but yeah, I have my uh, black coffee, and you know, it is it, that's one of the joys. I don't have to worry about the milk anymore because I just that's it. Oh, black that's coffee. cheating. You've given up. You haven't got the aptitude for making that's what it coffee. Is. That's, that's your what trouble. It is. Do you know, someone actually said to me once, I remember we, you and I did a feature years ago where we were in London and we basically just bashed our oh. way around London <laughs> yes. and uh, caused nothing but chaos. And um, someone said to me after that, you two are the worst examples of blind people I've ever met. That was a blind person that said that. I took that as a compliment. <laughs> they weren't wrong. That's because no, we, were, we were 
um, trying to cross roads in a terrible, terrible way with no O and M training. And you were, we were, I was, you were holding on to me, and I walked you into a pole. That was yes. fun. Yes, that's always good, isn't it? Well, it was good for radio. <sighs> yeah. Um, yes, you have a loud. Boing. Ow. <laughs> Uh, okay, Ronnie got in touch on this topic as well with some wise words from Granny. This message is for Sean. Granny said oh, no. that if you are worried about your coffee and your liquid level indicator giving a tsunami warming when you're trying to put in the cream, put the cream in first, then the liquid leveler will tell you when to stop pouring coffee. But she said some other words that I can't use in public. But God bless her. She's 100 years old. <laughs> God bless Granny. God bless Granny. Absolutely. Now, there's a, there's a thing. We can't do that over here in good old Blighty. We can't put the milk in what, first. Because it lived to 100. No, well, that either. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put the milk in first. It's frowned upon. It's a social faux pas. Mm-hmm, that's right, yeah. Well, I, I always put the milk in first. Yeah, I just, uh, I just slop it in whenever. That's, well, we, we know that's the problem. Yes, thank you. I know the milk in first, yes, it, it's it's a way. But again, how much milk are you putting in? It's the measurement I'm struggling with. I am still using the glug. One glug, two glugs. That's that's my measurement system. But listen, that, if that works for you... Well, it doesn't. Well, okay, it doesn't. But, you know, if it did work for you, then it'd be brilliant. Uh, that's fine. It's my choice. It might life easier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, moving on from milk to tech. It's a tech show, honest. And uh, Derry Lawler has uh, been in touch with us many times. And uh, I caught this on Mastodon. He did a demo of uh, the Olympus DM770. I thought we'd uh, play it in with his approval, of course. Uh, he very kindly offered uh, to let us play this on the show. Uh, this is uh, Derry talking about his new dictaphone. Now, this is one of the last Olympus dictaphones that actually speaks the menus. Uh, so uh, if you're thinking about getting yourself a new dictaphone, or maybe you've always wanted a dictaphone but thought, hmm, how accessible is this going to be? Well, here's Derry and his experience with the Olympus DM770. Hello, my name is Derry Lawler, and today I'm going to do a quick demonstration of my new digital voice recorder called Olympus DM770. So first I'm going to do a description of the device and uh, I just got this device last Friday or so so it weighs 72 grams it's quite a small device tidy fits in the palm of your hand short pocket trouser pocket or your handbag if you if you have one so let me give you a demonstration description of the device so on the front face you've got a nice big digital screen uh, at the very top, you've got your two, three microphones, your left, your right, and your center microphone. Then below that, you've got your big display. And below that, you have three buttons. F1, which is the folder button. So you press that to get your folder A, B, C, D, so on. Your center button, which is your menu button. And your right button, which is your F2 button. And the F2 button is uh, puts markings in your recordings. Below that, there's two circular buttons. On the left is stop. And on the right is record, so quite simple. And when you press record, it just records. And if you hit it again, it pauses recording. And below that, you've got your circle, plus, minus, left and right, and in the center, OK. Below that, left, you've got your erase, and to the right, you've got list. Not sure what that does yet. On the right-hand side, you've got two uh, small micro, two small headphone sockets. The top one is for headphones, and the bottom one is for your microphone. On your left side, you've got two switches. The bottom one, which you flick down, 
sticks out a, a USB key effect kind of thing so you can plug it into your device and it locks in place pretty tightly. And the top one is holds our power on off. So I've taken the battery out and uh, uh, so, so we don't know what it is. So then on the back then you have one button, it's a recess button, you press it in and it slides out the battery compartment. So let's put the battery in. <clears throat> it's a AAA battery I'm using. Small little battery, you know the usual ones. Uh, make sure it's the right positive negative, and put it in. And um, that's it's in there. I'm going to turn it on. So you hear that tone, and you have to. Select uh, to match the battery you are using by <coughs> using plus minus by nickel metal alkaline battery. This is just a regular battery. It's not a rechargeable battery. Alkaline battery set. Please set the time and date. So, uh, seven, eight, nine. So it's nine o'clock. Set minute. Um, yeah, that's about right. Let's see what time it is here. Zero nine thirty-eight. Um, Fifty-four. Fifty-three. It's thirty-eight. Forty. Forty-two. Thirty-nine. Thirty. Set date. Sixteen. Seven. Set month. July. Set year. 2023 17th July 2023 9 38 Please select necessity of voice off on So select a voice because you want to off or on so you obviously want it on On set Battery level high yeah, at the Switch moment, to the internal memory. at the moment, I was using the internal, but I want to use my micro no SD card. File. So it's back where the battery is, and um, it's a tiny little slot to the right. Switched to the micro SD card. So that's in now, term memory, uh, or the the SD card memory. So I'm going to go into my menus. Record menu. And I want to make sure that's recording scene setting. Manual. I want to go manual. Recording level setting. Mm. Auto High Suited for recording lectures Large conferences And other applications Middle Suited for recording discussions And small group meetings Low Suited for dictation Go um, High Go high High set Recording mode setting MP Mode yeah, I want the MP3, see if we can trade it. 128, yeah, 128 kilo BPM. Zoom mic setting. Okay, is the mic setting? Off. Zoom 1. Zoom 2. Zoom 3. Zoom 4. Mm. Off. Wide 1. Wide 2. Let's do wide 2. Wide 2 set. Low cut filter setting on, yeah, off, on, on, on set. So, I'm going to try test recording. Hello, my name is Derry Lawler. You can hear that's quite actually feedback, so I'm going to hit stop. So, let's hit play. Hello, my name is Derry Lawler. You can hear that's quite actually feedback, so I'm going to. To connect it, so you pull down the switch, I've seen the second switch, so it's down all the way, and then you can plug it into your computer and see if that works. Project Reaper V6.81 register for the okay, thank you very much. I hope that's any good to you.
Well, it was. Thank you for that, Derry. I was just halfway through a drink there. And uh, he uh, jumped back on there uh, to let us know that was him done. Uh, but yeah, that is Derry and his demo of the Olympus DM770. A really cool device. The voice guidance on it is brilliant. And it's sad, Sean. It really is sad that these devices are becoming lesser and lesser. Absolutely. Yes. I had the Olympus is it LS14 or something like that. Yeah, that's right. And it had yeah. voice guidance in there. Great recordings, like Derry's was there. Really clear, really high quality recordings. But the voice guidance wasn't actually system wide. There were some areas where it didn't work so well. Um, this sounded really extensive so i loved the um the voice support there that was cool there was some more to that that i did i did have to edit that a bit there was some music used that we couldn't use etc um but uh, i think the the demo of actually setting it up there was the main takeaway for me that this it seems really really accessible mm, yeah it's uh it's a really interesting device, and I think it's an interesting category because, again, our smartphones, this kind of goes back to just what we said a few minutes ago oh, about smartphones, how they're taking over everything, and they take over the duties of so many devices, and dictaphones, of course, is one casualty of that. Now, there was a time when you could go into an electronics store and you could find like maybe a range of 10 different dictaphone devices. Now you'd be lucky to find any. And if you are going to find them, you're probably not going to find this one. Now, what I found is in the UK, you can get this from RNIB still. You can also get it from Olympus Direct. So around the world, if you're looking for this kind of device, then uh, get in touch with Olympus. This is one of these products, though, and this is one of these areas where I think if we were to get together a bit more on this, and all I mean by that is just send an email to Olympus. If this is something you believe in, if this is something you think should exist, I would strongly encourage people to write an email to Olympus and say, hey, look, guys, I know you've got the DM770. I own one. I don't own one. But I'm really interested in this category. It would be really cool to see this continue because I fear this is one product that may be in its last throes, this particular one. I think you're right. I agree. Especially since there was about five or six devices. I remember six, five or six different in the range. The DM5, the DM7 comes to mind, the LS range, of course, and there were others, you know, high performance, high quality recorders, as well as the, the low end, cheaper one. Well, I mean, you say cheaper, they weren't that much cheaper, but, you know, yes. they, were, they were cheaper and they were a bit more accessible to more people, but they had the voice guidance in them. And, you know, I can't imagine, I mean, <laughs> I know that it's less and less. I know people are using them less and less, but, you know, if they're still making them, why not make them accessible? Right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I, I I think you're right. I think again, it's a, a case of the smartphone just crushing other sectors underfoot, right? I mean, uh, where would you use a dictaphone most in business? I suppose, and they would ha- they just don't use them anymore. Yeah. Well, again, maybe that comes back to the attitude that you know, blind people aren't in work, which of course isn't necessarily untrue. Seventy five percent of us in the UK of working age are out of work. I don't think the figures are that dissimilar around no. the world. So, you know, there is a truth to that, but that doesn't mean that there aren't people in work. There are 25% of us who are in employment. Yeah, but at the same time, the dictaphone is just so handy for making notes. You know, when you're on the, the, the phone trying to give a reference number or something, it's so hard work to jump to your emails and swipe through character by character to get yep. a reference number to give to someone. Having a dictaphone is great for that sort of thing. But again, they are quite pricey. I know we always come back to cost, but these are quite pricey. Yeah, and for what they are, again, you could argue, well, I could just get an app on my phone to do it, right? But 
It's mm. like you say, yeah, unless you can make it really simple. I mean, I was looking at that iPhone Pro Max, which is not going to be, this is the cost of an Olympus DM770. It's going to be significantly <laughs> higher. Yes. But, you know, you, you buy a device like that, you've got the action button, you could make that a, a voice notes recorder, essentially. That could become that. But then again, you've got these challenges of the, or the realities, I should say, more than the challenge. The reality of, I want to get access to that note in a hurry. And if you can easily just grab one of these devices and just get to that. And press the button. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm kind of doing that with my Victor Reader as well. I don't use it as much as a note taker. That's what I, I was going to suggest, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can, obviously, and it's very good at it. But I, I just, for some reason, don't. I tend to use an actual dictaphone instead. And uh, it's the DM770 I've got, and I love it. I absolutely love it. It's a brilliant piece of kit. It works so well. And, you know, it's one of those things that I just fear because I, my, I had a DM7 from Olympus, which was a little bit bigger in size. And it was a really nice device. And I just cannot seem to get the battery to work anymore. I, I've even bought a replacement battery. still doesn't work. You've killed so it. It's, it's dead, You took I it think. into the shower. Yeah. It's such a shame, though, because it was a brilliant little piece of kit. And it's, it's gone. And so now I've got the DM770, thank goodness. But, you know, I, I remember contacting Olympus about this. And this is why I bring this up. I contacted Olympus and it was just the, the response was, well, there's just no demand. Now, look, I suppose if there is no demand, there is no demand, right? You, you can't ask a company to keep something going forever mm. if there's no demand for it. But the question is, is there demand? Is it just that we're all sitting back saying, I'd love one of those, but, you know, that's that. Is there no demand for the dictaphone itself, the actual hardware, or no demand for the voice guidance mm. feature built into it? That's, that's a, the question, I suppose. Yeah, well, if you if you start breaking it down like that, then the answer is probably no, because people, most people probably don't even know that feature exists. Well, I'd be interested, anyone out there who's got a cheap, I mean, very, very cheap, almost throwaway dictaphone, sometimes they're more accessible than anything because they may have one or two buttons on there and you just press a big record button. Um, has anyone got any of those? Let us know. Well, I can tell you one. Oh, of course you can. Yes. The MicroSpeak. Ah, I guess that's still available. I think so. Yeah. I think you can still buy okay. that. That was about $50 or $50, $60 to yeah. buy. Uh, I mean, still not cheap, but and I wouldn't yeah. throw it, put it in the That's throw like ten dollars, Stephen Scott. Ah, yeah, but well, again, you see, the problem is it's not so much of an issue when you get to the really cheap, really cheap dictaphones. Yes, you can buy cheap. Obviously, the quality of the audio is going to collapse with Awful. that. Yes, but fine for a telephone number. But fine for a telephone number. Fine for that kind of thing. The problem I find is, can you easily navigate around? and get to the information you're looking for. Because if you start taking note after note after note, by the time you're up to 100 notes, can you yeah. easily find your way around? Do you know where things are? Can you jump back and forward? Because those features that exist on those devices to help you navigate won't be accessible to you because more often than not, it'll involve some kind of screen. Ideally, what you want to find is a cheap device like the MicroSpeak that has no screen. I think, actually, I think it might have a very small screen, but it's kind of redundant in a lot of ways. I think it just has a number of what track you're on, but that's kind of it. Whereas this, you know, the microspeak is just literally like a little microphone with a back, forward, up, down, and play, pause button and a record button. And that's it. That's all there is. Too many buttons. That's too many for you, isn't too it? Too many. I just want a record button. That's it. <laughs> I want a record button and nothing else. Okay, brilliant. I'll get. I'll. I'll get working on that. What to buy this week? Well, now we nothing. know. Yeah, <laughs> a cheap dictaphone. That's what he wants to buy. 
really need to stop hitting that button. Although that was rather oh. timely. Uh, listen, it it's been an interesting show today. Lots of interesting oh. discussion. I can't wait for the email feedback on this one. <laughs> feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can address it to me if it makes you feel better. Uh, yeah, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Yeah. Let me just say, I don't feel I was being picked on. I was being picked up on some remarks I made. Absolutely true. Keep the emails coming. Pick me up. I've got no problem with that. Love you, Vicky. Love you, Shazad. You keep doing you. You're absolutely fine. I'm sorry. What about Darren? Ah, uh, Darren's all right. Fair enough. One eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven is our number if you want to leave us a voicemail like uh, Darren and Shazad have done. One eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. We're back tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.